Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by CornNation.com, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahochko, and joining me as always, he is our founder and fearless leader of CornNation.com, Mr. John Handsome Man Dam Johnston. Hello, sir. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, it's a beautiful evening. It is. Shall we just uh, not not waste any time and get into one of the reasons why it's a beautiful day? Beautiful. We evening? should. We should for once actually just start right away with the content instead of go off into some tangent rabbit hole to hell. For the record, you tell them. For the record, I love our rabbit holes and our tangents. Okay, I know why. I know exactly why you want me to break the news, but. Depending on the source, the number one tight end in the country in the 2021 recruiting class just committed to Nebraska. All the way from Council Bluffs, Iowa, Thomas Fedone. And that's huge. He cites many reasons uh, for the decision. One, he grew up a Husker fan. And said that uh, he used to cry when uh, the Huskers lost. You know, his family's all Husker fans. That, that I, I feel like he got brought up on Husker football a lot of the way uh, John the Garrett Nelson got brought up on Husker football, you know. A couple of guys, <laughs> only a couple of years apart in age. They haven't really experienced the glory days, but, uh, you know, maybe just had to... Uh, reminisce about them with, you know, parents or, or perhaps older siblings, not knowing the family dynamics of each. But I just feel like those are a couple of young guys who are are going to help turn the tide for Nebraska. Yes. <laughs> I was wondering. Well, I, you know what? I It goes back to the conversation I had with Andy Staples about how uh, when Scott Foster was at Nebraska or at uh, UCF, how much better athletes they had than than Nebraska had when he came here, inheriting a program from that other guy who I'm not going to mention. Uh, you know, this is a step in getting those athletes and going in the right direction during having a better football game. Then that is wonderful. I I generally do not get excited about recruits. I don't. I'm not a. I'm I'm a chicken hatch the egg kind of guy you know mm-hmm. and as far as i'm concerned until they get on campus until they get their grades in order until they actually start producing or playing football on the field during a game uh then i get excited and i but i i, I think that it's it's we need a good tight end we need a top tight end i think in order for us to have another piece of Scott Frost offense that's going to work properly. We haven't had a really, really good pass catching tight end for quite a while. I don't think. I, I mean, 
we we have at least last check, and I, I didn't do my due diligence. I didn't look him up uh, uh, right now, but and he wasn't known as a great pass catching tight end. But we did have Seathan Carter, who you know at least uh, spent a little bit of time in the NFL, unless he's you know still out there. And not no disrespect, <laughs> we we've had a lot other things to worry about the last five six months than you know where Huskers are in the NFL or or in pro football. But but you're right, it's been. A little bit of time, uh, and and we've had just. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to put this accurately and respectfully. We've had a lot of guys just you know kind of carrying the bucket along, you know, like we've had the Jack Stoles who are there and they're they're doing the best they can, and that's not to take anything away from Jack Stoll, who I'm I'm a, a big fan of. Why didn't you just say he's nice? <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm gonna go on a date with him. What's he look like? He's he has nice, a he uh, has a good personality. Yeah, exactly. Come on, I mean, Jack Stoll's been pretty serviceable. Yeah, serviceable. That's the word I was looking for. Thanks. He, he just hasn't been uh, the the Gronk. Did I say Gronk? Whatever that fucking guy's name. Is. I blew that completely to shreds. The Gronk. He hasn't been. Uh, you know. We want an all Big Ten level tight end. He's been no Vance McDonald. All right. Okay. What about that guy that plays for Kansas City? <laughs> okay. So what we want is a all conference. Oh, 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 Kelsey. Uh, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. I was waiting for you to come up with did that. You, did I knew you know what it was? Okay. Thanks I for was waiting for you. I thought. Maybe you knew the Chiefs, because aren't you a Chiefs fan or something? I'm a Steelers fan. That's why I pulled Vance McDonald out. Oh, yeah, whatever. Uh, Chiefs fan. Who do, who do you think I am, Hoss? You think I'm some kind of <laughs> reputable person? No. Okay, we need a good tight end. This guy comes in at six foot five, 225 pounds. Uh, you know, he we chose us over LSU, Michigan, Notre Dame, Penn State. Teams that are not the Northern Illinois of the world. Uh, yeah. You know, he chose us over a lot of really good team teams. And, and he look. is the 16th commit in the 2021 class. He pushes our ranking up to number 27. I, it, it's, it's a, it boggles my mind how, you know, and, and I think we just saw that, well, we see this with the 2021 class, but also the 2020 class, how we're, I think, maybe, and correct me if I'm wrong, in the 2020 class was, I'm going to give a, a, a 10 rank span, somewhere between 25 and 35, give or take, but also number nine in the Big Ten. So I feel like we've got to do a better job of recruiting against, you know, the in-conference opponents. And, and... I mean, we're probably better than Maryland, Rutgers, Illinois, Indiana, maybe Purdue. Um, you know, as far as recruiting classes go, but but that shows that first of all it shows that the recruiting rankings are Big Ten top heavy, and uh, you know, which is good for the league, but it just makes it you know that much tougher. Which I, I mean, you, nobody wants a cakewalk because then you. See what happens when you, it happens when you're in a weak division like Oklahoma showing up in the in the uh, playoffs and getting splattered, you know, against the against the turf. So, you know, be fun. Got gang it. 
What about the blender, John? I know, you know, I really wish that uh, people who had autoplay videos on their websites would be shot in the legs. That's a terrible thing to say tonight. You just get that out. No. People need to know that we're amateurs and uh, we're not getting paid to do this. What? We are professionals. We are getting paid to do this. Okay, people need to know that we also have full-time jobs and we don't have a lot of time. Right. It's like you expect me to write down notes every time we have a hiccup and go out and pull that out. No, I got to go to bed after this. It's not happening? No, I got a loaded Thursday, man. Going to, you know, go to Home Depot and maybe Bed Bath & Beyond. I don't know. I don't know if we'll have time. Okay. I love you, John. Well, things popped up here, and I had to do something real quick, and I I, I lost track of myself. Okay, what speaking are we of things popping up, oh have you tried yes? Blue Chew? Blue Chew is <laughs> the other well. It's funny you mentioned that. I don't use that particular brand, but do you use uh, Red Chew? No, it, it's it, not a fancy brand, but it. Does the job. Atta what boy. are we doing? Atta okay. Boy. We have a, you know, is his name Thomas Fedone? Yeah, we're going to go with Fedone? I'm going to go with uh, Fedone. Until somebody Fedone. corrects me, which should happen in the comments right about now. I'm going with Fedone. All right. So, number one tight end of the nation, commits to Nebraska, six foot five, 225, <laughs> looks like a good frame. To put some uh, tight end muscle on so he can go up and get those balls that are thrown high by Adrian Martinez or Luke McCaffrey or whoever might be at quarterback position. Do you think that, uh, do you think they're, they're going to say, Hey, now that you're here, you mind playing defense end? No, <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> I just have to play devil's advocate, John. They, that brings up advocate. that other guy that's in the NFL that went to Iowa and I still to this day, uh, don't understand. He, he was completely wasted at Iowa. I mean, if he was as talented as he was, no offense mm-hmm. to go in the top 10 of the NFL draft. Uh, he sure as hell wasn't used very much by Kirk Ferentz as much as he could have been. And I guess uh, the the stuff he still says about his time at Iowa just is, oh, whatever, you fuck nut, <laughs> you troll shithead. I love it. I'm not allowed to bring up Blue Chew, but by God, we got John out here roasting him. It's delicious. Well, all right. We got a tight end. He's kind of from Iowa. Not really. Council Tucky's Iowa. It, is, it, is it really Iowa? It's the best part of Iowa. It's the part that's closest to Nebraska. And you can gamble there. Ooh, there you go. I guess. Huh? For all your gambling any, needs. I don't have any vices left. John, let's talk about that. We had no. Uh, let's not. Let's not. Let's talk about something else sports related why first. Why, wait, wait, wait. Why can't we talk about it? Because you don't even know what I was going to say. No, you don't. No, I don't. <laughs> we're we're more deranged than normal. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I'm having a beer. Well, then good for you. Can I tell you I about it? I am having a sparkling ice, black raspberry. Winter. Oh, those football. are good. Those are good. Those sparkling ices are are, are darn tasty. Winter football. 
I'm trying, John. I'm trying to do anything to throw you off your game. You know, I, I think I keep seeing every once in a while tweets that, uh, oh, we're going to be able to have fall football and oh, the Big Ten's going to get sued. And then there's going to be a lawsuit that's going to say something about this and it's going to make everything change. And realistically, it's time to let it go. Uh, we're not going to have fall football in the Big no. Ten. I don't think that we're going to have fall football anywhere, honestly. I mean, you had a university down south that their coaches named Nick Saban had 560 COVID cases in the first week on campus. So Tuscaloosa shut down all the bars. Like that's going to, like that's going to cure anything. I mean, you know, I think, you know, people got to realize that just by shutting down the bars, you're not shutting down the orgies. Right. This is true. <laughs> I mean, you in fact, think that's funny. But I'll tell you what. You're probably encouraging. You have them. to be a junior in college, right, to go to a bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the freshman and sophomore. What are they going to be doing? Going they to the gonna go to house parties anyway. Mm-hmm. Are you going to shut down all the house parties? What are you going to do? Run by some one of them with a fifty cal and mow everybody down and just say that's a sample. That's what you get, and then it's an example for the rest of them. I, I feel like wh- where you were trying to go uh, was out of the Untouchables, uh, Sean Connery's. That's the Chicago way. Well, you know, something like that, right? Uh, but I'll, I, I also, you know, not to not to make it political, anything. But I don't University think- of Minnesota is moved to all online classes for the first two weeks. You know, we knew that North Carolina had. Uh, problems and you know they've had to do stuff LSU who who were the teams this week that one of them lost an entire position group to COVID oh, I don't know uh, tested te- positive tests was it LSU had a whole crap load of positive tests on their football team I wouldn't be surprised they're still probably hung over from winning the natty it's uh, one of the SEC schools had an entire position group that was taken out by COVID they you can get the idea that the CSEC might just press on and say, screw it, we're playing football, I guess, with ourselves. But uh, there, it's really highly doubtful that anybody's going to finish this. Well, here's the thing. The only silver lining of that uh, scenario of the SEC claiming they're just going to play themselves is they might actually have to play more than eight conference games. This is true. No more... No more uh, uh, scheduling Mercer the week before or Citadel the week before the Iron Bowl, Alabama, you weak-ass bitches. Okay, so (laughs) that leaves us in a position where we're going to move to winter football. And uh, the report this week or an article this week out of uh, Penn State, I, I have a colleague, close colleague that's a Penn State guy, and he sent me this. So here's what it looks like right now. A preset eight-game schedule, which would begin the week after New Year's Day, likely kicking off on Wednesday, January 7th, or Thursday, January 8th, and progressing through the weekend. So, I mean, I know it's kind of weird that you would think that uh, we're going to have a football game on a Wednesday night on a Thursday night, but they, you know, at that time of the year, we'd be watching bowl games every night of the week anyway. Or, okay, before that, in December, we would have, but... The idea is that you're not going to have games that overlap each other. That way you get to see every Mm -hmm. game. In other words, you know, there won't be four Big Ten games all at once on a Saturday. Uh, Every team would have one bye weekend. 
And here's the big thing. No games would be held on campuses. Instead, moving the entirety of the schedule to neutral sites, which are still to be determined. St. Louis, Missouri. It did okay. Why would we go to St. Louis, Missouri? Because it's close to you. Yes. Okay. Well, well, yeah. Maybe we could play in Minneapolis because that's close to me. We could do that. And they have a big, brand new dome. We could do one of each. Dollar dome. It's a really beautiful stadium. I I don't think you uh, understand how lit up the dome at America Center was for those two St. Louis Battlehawks games. I'm just saying they were on fire. A, I mean, we have no idea whether fans would be able to attend any of these things whatsoever. Uh, no, but, but we, I mean, what, what are we looking at for domes around there? We're looking at like uh, Minneapolis, Detroit, Indianapolis, St. Louis, because it's regionally, you know, acceptable. Um, that's probably Met, it. MetLife Stadium. That's not a dome at all. I don't think. I was thinking New York uh, for. The like the Maryland's and the uh, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of trying to think of all the pro Green Bay's out, Chicago's out, North Dakota. Yeah, you wonder if they would play there, you know. First of all, now you got it, now you got the issue of going to North Dakota in January or February. I just don't think that's wise. Uh, They still played pro football about that time. Not in North Dakota. What's wrong with North Dakota? It's, Why is North Dakota any different than Minneapolis? I, 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 well, first of all, two completely different states. Well, I don't know if you know. Have you have you been in a stupor for the last twenty years? Don't you know that they built a wall right there at the border? I'm not talking about like you know to keep people out, but to keep weather out. They built a wall so that all the cold weather stops at the Dakotas and doesn't infiltrate Minnesota. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. I'm I'm not picking up on your vibes at all tonight. Man. All right, so dome stadiums, uh that's the deal. I think the key is is that they are not uh they're not you know, it's not Memorial Stadium, so we're still trying to God damn it. I'm getting interrupted by everything. This is all my fault. I apologize, everyone. It is. <sighs> We're going to miss the the concessions. We're going to miss the rail yard being filled up with people watching games unless people decide to go to the rail yard and the haymarket bars and restaurants and things like that to watch the games, which would be nice to keep those businesses going. And we're also going to obviously miss the revenue from ticket sales in Memorial Stadium. So that's the bad part. I mean, I don't know if, you know, the rest of the Big Ten school is going to have that big a thing. Probably not. Yeah, I don't. Okay, there's more to this winter football thing. Are we going to take a timeout? We do. I have an issue I need to take care of. Okay, we're going to take a timeout, everybody. And as we like to say, we'll be right back on the Five Heart Podcast. Welcome back to the Five Heart Podcast. Greg Mahachko, John Dam Johnston, and we are joined. And we this might not even be the the 
all of our guests, but our very own Todd Wolverton has decided that he uh, was still awake and not quite uh, fully sober, so he decided he'd jump on and join us as well. Hello, Todd. How you guys doing? We're doing great. You know, uh, I don't know if you know, we uh, breaking news we talked about at the top of the show, but we'll get you up to speed just in case you're out of the loop. Nebraska landed a 2020 tight end commit, number one or two in the country, depending on what uh, site slash source you're reading. Sorry, John. Uh, Thomas Fedone, the tight end out of uh, Council Bluffs, Council Tucky. Just saw that when I was uh, checking out the slack. I'll tell you what, this kid is good. How and, good is he? Oh, sorry. Oh, he's he's really good. Uh, <laughs> you know, he. Um, I saw him play last fall when I was uh, driving to the uh, Ohio State game and coming back to Lincoln for the Ohio State game. I stopped and watched him play at Lewis Central there in Council Bluffs, just south of town. And they were playing against Creston. I was formerly the principal at Creston. And as I kind of noted in the slack, I was standing along the fence line and uh kid caught a couple of passes right in front of me. I was just shocked about how athletic that that he was. I mean, he was amazing. And um, I am no talent recruiter. I don't get into recruiting. But it's good that Nebraska got a kid from Lewis Central. And I'm glad that he's going to be with our team and that he's not going to the flipping Iowa Hawkeyes. That, that just absolutely delights me. Now, you said that he caught a couple of passes right in front of you, did he point you out along the fence and be like, hey, I know that's Todd. He's the man. Let me sign this autograph for you later. You know, I, it, that did happen, but I said, you know, um, talk to my agent. Um, oh, yeah, we'll, sure. We'll, we'll catch up. Your people talk to my people, and, and we'll get things worked out. Um, no, you know, Lewis Central is a, is a kind of a – actually, it was a rural school at one time, but uh, – I'm very familiar with that school and had some really good friends that used to wrestle there and coach there. And um, it was kind of a, a homecoming in a way for me. So uh, just to, to get back and watch him play, but he is, he's the real deal. He is a good, a good, good player. I'm glad, I'm glad Nebraska's got him. John, you are uh, conspicuous by your silence. No, I, I'm listening with, I, I'm hanging on every word that Todd's, says you should be you should (laughs) i don't have a whole lot of wisdom sometimes it just kind of comes up unexpected you know realize you're recorded saying that now i'm just going to chop that out of this podcast and like put it as a ring i was gonna say it's gonna be i don't have a whole lot of wisdom (laughs) is uh, i'm gonna send it to your wife in a text and she's gonna just that'll be it man for the rest of your life. Let me ask, and, and I feel like I know the answer just based on preconceived notions, but Western Iowa, is that like a hotbed of talent? No. Okay. Um, but The diamond in the rough things. Yes, but Nebraska, over the years, Nebraska has recruited some really good players from Western Iowa, not so much Southwest Iowa, but, you know, they got Fedone coming in now, and they got that Seth Malcolm from a dinky little town south of Council Bluffs down in the corner. Um, he went to Fremont Mills. But Kyle Vandenbosch came from Western Iowa. Tom Punt, way back in the day, he was from Western Iowa, uh, up in the northwestern part of the state. Bill Lewis came from Sioux, uh, Sioux City East. So there have been some decent players from Western Iowa. 
But in, you know, in the big scheme of things in the state of Iowa, football powers are basically from the central part of the state on east. It, mm. Western Iowa, other than Harlan, which is probably the most successful high school football program in the history of Iowa, which is about 30 miles um, east and a little bit north of Council Bluffs, other than Harlan, the, the, the power in that state is, is Des Moines and east. Interesting. Now I know. Knowing's half the battle. Don't know if you guys knew that or not. Might be too old. Hey, can I share something I thought was kind of funny today? Are you going to read poetry? No. Well, yeah, in a way. um, Are you gonna Are you gonna uh, read a sonnet to John? It will be because I think he can relate to this. I am. I'm going. Um, I'm going to lay out for this one. Go on. at, At my at my former school where I, you know, retired from this last year, they had their first day of school today. And I remain good friends with the guidance counselor. And so I texted him shortly afternoon today. And I said, day one, are you surviving? This was his reply. Let's see. We've had a kid barf, one crap their pants, a couple of online option kids showed up and thought we were crazy asking why they were here. I think I've once again changed more schedules than we have kids. Yep, good first day so far. My reply to him was, barfing, pooping, when did you get transferred to the elementary school? My point is this. (laughs) People have no idea what school folk have to endure. In a high school in 2020, a guidance counselor has to worry about kids barfing and crapping their pants on the first day of school. Unbelievable. This is just more fuel for how wimpy this generation is. Yeah. It really is. I mean, I don't like to play the, you know, the boomer old guy card, but, uh, you know, my yes, son, my, my kids have related to me the fact that, they've seen people cry during finals or during tests in college. And, and I always have to ask them repeatedly, uh, you mean actually cry during a test? And they said, yeah, audibly cry, weep out loud during like, now granted they, they're taking courses like, you know, linear algebra or biology, chemistry, those kinds of levels of classes, but yes, weeping out loud during a test. So, yeah. Yeah, these kids are really in touch with their emotions, and they have no reservations about sharing them with everyone. And then they want to talk with them about their emotions. So, yeah, I can I can relate. So did you guys in the first half, did you talk about the fact that there are over 500 students at the University of Alabama that tested positive with COVID? Boy, howdy, did we ever. It up. And, and Alabama, or excuse me, LSU, their entire offensive line except for one player is out right now, currently quarantined. The Southeast Conference is going to take the the attitude, you know, we're going to go forward. We're going to play football. It doesn't matter. Just cast them off to the side, full speed ahead, the hell with it. We're playing football. And let them, you know what? Come on, there's more to that. Go, Go ahead and spit it out, Todd. Just let it go. I know it's there. I am not going to get political. I'm going to retain. I'm going to restrain myself. Never mind the fact that all the governors in the Southeast Conference are Republicans, except for one. But I'm not going to talk anymore about that. 
<laughs> I think it's just a, a different world. I will be shocked if they actually proceed with football season, honestly. And do you know why that is? I I, I was going to do a separate podcast. And I probably will do a, a short article on this, but I, I call it that guy syndrome. And do you know what that guy syndrome is? What uh, being that guy? Yeah, yeah, that guy. I mean, okay. Think of a think of a person who became that guy in sports. Marlo Thomas was that girl. Yes, that was a very long time ago. Very good. That guy. That, that guy. guy was, who was a guy. Who was Kobe a guy Bryant. that was that guy in sports? Kobe Bryant. No. Steve Bartman. He became that guy. That guy is not who you want to be. He became the guy who was blamed for for years by what? The Chicago Cubs fans Mm -hmm. for losing a World Series when he barely did anything. But he became that guy. Okay, Martha Stewart. There was all sorts of horrible things that went on during the financial crisis, 2008, 2009. But Martha Stewart became that guy. Guy is a non-gender specific term. If you're a Nebraskan, you know that. If you're not a Nebraskan, people go, what the hell? It's like saying y'all. When you say you guys in Nebraska, it's like saying y'all or all y'all. Just for people who aren't from Nebraska might hear this podcast. But Martha Stewart became that guy for insider training. Uh, The University of Missouri became that guy. Because of the, 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 we need some muscle lady that was their journalism professor or whatever she was. Mm-hmm. Lost 20% of their enrollment had to close dorms. They were that guy to universities that were having racial issues. No university out there wants to be that guy when it comes to COVID-19. In other words, which university is going to end up with the ones who experience student deaths over opening up their campuses and bringing back students? and bringing back student-athletes. So this translates to why the Big Ten made the decision they did. And without looking at medical experts, and without looking at lawyers, and all that other stuff, there's still this thing that is called that guy syndrome, because I just made it up. But it's a real thing. It's, you know, when when you are the person remembered, or the place, or the organization, that is remembered for being the symbol of a problem. And so far, we have not seen any university. We've seen the University of North Carolina have issues. We now have seen Alabama have issues. We've seen LSU, like you mentioned, Todd, with their offensive line, have issues. We, but we have not labeled somebody as the most egregious offender of being that guy for a university. That's what these universities are really terrified of. They are terrified of lawyers. They are terrified of lawsuits. But really what they don't want to be is 10 years from now ending up being remembered for the university that failed the most when it came to protecting their student athletes and their students during this pandemic. Then explain to me why some of those colleges and universities have yet to pull the plug on things. And and let me just throw in here, you know, 
I think there's an opportunity. Or I shouldn't say opportunity. I think there's a chance after what's happened at Oklahoma because Lincoln Riley has been on top of this stuff. I could see where the University of Oklahoma may pull the plug. Not sure about Texas Tech. They have, you know, big numbers right now, too. But I don't think it's going to be a conference. I think it's going to come down to one of those schools being in one of those three conferences. It's going to be a school that's going to pull the plug. The I, reason why you haven't seen any of these schools pull the plug on this stuff is because there's still a lot of people that think it's a hoax or think it's a joke or think it's just the flu. And the problem with that is, is they are absolutely correct until one of them gets it or somebody that is close to them that they love gets it and then becomes seriously ill because of it. Suddenly it becomes, oh, my God, this isn't really the joke that I wanted it to be or that I thought it was before. So that's probably I would say why if I, I had to put myself into somebody else's brain that lives in the South, you know, and we can make fun of them for that all they want. We want but you know, they're just human beings in the South, just like the rest of us, even though they lost a fucking more that they won't give up years ago. I I feel like at this point, the SEC, I mean, look, I saw where uh, was it Neyland stadium, Tennessee uh, said that they were going to reduce capacity to have, 20 to 25,000 people or something like that, um, you know, in, in the stadium. But I feel like every school in the SEC right now, and, and we'll go Big 12 as well since they still are are uh, trying. And I, I don't follow the ACC enough, so I don't – but I don't have any real strong opinions about them one way or another, which is probably how they like me. But I feel like particularly the SEC is just, you know, they're all playing chicken. You know, like I'm not it's, – it's a standoff. I'm not going to be the first one to, you know – Cancel. You know, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Uh, so I don't know. I, I just feel like, you know, they're gonna they're gonna keep playing this game until, you know, somebody somebody crucial, you know, a, a star player comes down with something. Oh, oh well, I don't know. We can't we can't continue the season now because, you know, player X, whatever, whoever that might be, you know, is, is out, and we can't play without him. So we're just going to shutter the doors for a few months. Hi, Nate. Nate's here, by the way, everybody. Nate McHugh joining us. <laughs> John, uh, uh, where are you? You're not in your basement or wherever you usually are, I guess. Sounds no, like you're in a different room. He is. He's same fine. room, same room, different angle. It's like uh, really? it's like in Wayne's world uh, when Wayne Campbell's like, camera one, camera two, camera one. Camera. He's, he's using camera two right now. Well, so look. Looks like a college dorm. <laughs> that is a that is a futon. It does, and, uh, you know. And it's one not the- a futon. It's just a small bed. This is my uh, my single room at the halfway house here. Okay. <laughs> You'll notice my wife let me take the uh, my sign Nebraska football and my picture of Nicklin Hamlin. I I ordered some uh, really nice prints, canvas prints for myself because everybody's trying to make money. Everything's so drastically reduced in price. You know, and they arrived Saturday when, after we did our 5K, our superhero 5K. And I, I started pulling these photos out, my photos that I've taken and I printed. And the first one I pull out is a volleyball photo of, you know, Nickel in there. And she's very blonde and very beautiful. And my wife goes, you got a big photo of a girl that's a beautiful one. <laughs> because one of the things she told me was, you can put whatever photos you want on your wall, but don't be putting any cheerleader photos 
that you've taken because I've taken a lot of shots at cheerleaders. I mean, you know, come on, they're cheerleaders. Who hates cheerleaders, right? Who doesn't like cheerleaders? So I, I pull out, uh, you know, the Nebraska volleyball photo, and I said, it's a nice photo. I like it. It's a really, you know, she looks great. She's like, it's a beautiful young blonde woman that's going on your wall for this sake. Pull out the next one, and what is it? It's a women's gymnastics photo. <laughs> and she's like, what the hell? You, that's two women you're going to put on your wall, and they're not me. And then the third one I pulled out was uh, a, a just a nice photo of Memorial Stadium, you know, at the spring game with the fireworks going off with the scoreboard and things like that. So, yes, this does look like a dorm room. I guess I never thought of it that way, but it is kind of where I live. How much does Nicklin Hammis get with the NIL uh, rules now? Because she appears on his podcast. Oh, I don't know. I, well, she, you know, this is editorial content, so she doesn't get paid for this. Although I have, I have asked and checked into actually selling my photography and that would be uh, me being required to be licensed or some damn thing. Anyway, I can't do it with existing athletes. I don't know. There's a lot better other photographers out there than I am. I think. I uh, truly disagree, sir. You are such a suck up all the time. I'm sorry. Would no, you like? I, I guess it, 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 it scares me. It, I could be like everybody else on on uh, coordination staff and just disrespect you, but I'm your friend. You used to it by now. I'm your buddy. <laughs> But I did say that you looked like 170 years old in that one uh, picture from your rebirthday. So I felt like I, I get my shots in when I can. Yeah, you do. So, I Nate, what else you got for us? Nate, what else you got for us? Because Todd already talked. Um, on the uh, col- on college football or on the state of your room? Oh, my. I don't know. On fucking nuclear power being an mm. alternate for climate change. Jesus, what do you think? Well, as a non-climate scientist, nuclear expert, something like that, I don't know. Um, Is that a political thing? (laughs) Am I going to piss people off if I say something one way or the other? Have we alienated any particular demographic tonight? Uh, Yes. Well, we didn't alienate them, but we might have riled them up a little bit. Yeah, well, that's probably true. Oh no, I know for sure it's true. I can I can go back to the tape the first five minutes of the show. By well, the way, John and I were alone at that time. He he felt less filtered. <laughs> there's a one more thing about the Big Ten winter season, and that is they will try to play an eight game schedule this winter, starting in early January, and in. Uh, March, they are looking at playing a Big Ten championship game in the Rose Bowl in Pasadena because we have to have the Rose Bowl involved in a Big Ten season if we're going to be the Big Ten, apparently. I, you know, And if, if the Pac-12 plays in winter, then they will try to set up a traditional Rose Bowl face-off between the Big Ten and the Pac-12 because – you know, old people would really love that shit. I guess, I don't know, maybe all of the rest of the Big Ten would love it. And as Nebraskans, we'd, we'd fake it. You know what I mean? 
You, you know, it, it, they should. I, I've never. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, um, I I don't quite understand. And you know, with Kevin Knight on our staff, he is a um, Big Ten guy, and so he kind of helps us understand because we don't generally, as Nebraska fans, understand the the love for the Rose Bowl. And so I kind of just when I read that, I kind of just like rolled my eyes, like okay, so we're kind of staying within the ge- geographic uh, footprint. I understand Syracuse and New York is barely, you know, because Ru- there's Rutgers. But, you know, and so we're all staying in this area. Now, all of a sudden, we're going to have our championship game in California where, you know, you know, at least right now that, you know, things aren't going as well as, I guess, in Nebraska or Iowa. Um, and you know, who knows what's going to be, what's going to happen then they could, they could just have it in Indianapolis, just paint the field differently. It's going to be on TV. No one's going to be there. I assume. And no one's going to know the difference. I don't understand why we have to go to the Rose bowl to have a big 10 championship game. You know, I don't know. I, I, with this whole, you you haven't been properly indoctrinated. I I understand that. And, you know, everyone who who loved the fact that we gave the middle finger to the Big Ten has not been properly indoctrinated to Big Ten culture. And I think that we have possibly started something and maybe it's irreversible because and I think uh, some other people disagreed with me, but I wonder if we didn't stand up, if Scott Frost didn't stand up and Ronnie Green is, and uh, let's say Ted Turner, it's not Ted Turner, uh, Ted, Ted Carter, Carter, Carter. Yeah, sorry. Um, Ted Carter, you know, all didn't, and Bill Moose all didn't sign up and say, oh yeah, by the way, we completely disagree. Here's my signature. You know, if, if we didn't do that, would, if any other big 10 school stood up and said anything, I don't know. I mean, Ohio, I'm surprised Ohio State didn't because, like, right away, because they had right now in the AP tw- top 25, they have the number two team in the country. You know, it's like they're missing out on a season where they could win a national championship, and the, and that 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 is to me, that's like the the fact that they were willing to to tow the company line really shows you the difference between us and what and other Big Ten schools as far as culture wise and maybe i don't know maybe we upset the apple cart kevin warren isn't looking like the most competent guy even though last time i was on here i i said maybe there's something we don't know and now we're learning more and more that maybe it's it's the first you know my issues with the presidents but he is his bosses are the presidents and i think he just doesn't feel like he has the clout that Jim Delaney had. And so, uh, and unfortunately when I jump into a podcast, I don't know, 45 minutes later, whatever it's been, I, I don't even know if you've covered any of this. And, no, you um, haven't. No, we haven't. Just keep okay. going. Jeez. Okay. So, uh, you know, I think this is where I, th- my issue with the presence is I think they've kind of said Kevin Warren, here you go. You know, we're just going to hang you out to dry. We're not going to back you up publicly. We're not going to. Um, I, I bet you, Kevin Warren would love to um, 
say more publicly because when he's answered questions, he has been so guarded. And you it makes you wonder why. And I think it's because the the president's or you know what I don't know. Obviously, I don't know. I just he he's not stupid, and, and he's there for a reason. He's gotten to where he has for a reason, and the fact that he looks that he they don't seem to care about transparency or transparency or communication is an issue, and it's a concern to me. And I think that has, that's more on the presidents than on um, Kevin Warren, because I think he's just kind of. I don't know. I know he's trying to serve two masters and, but you know, and that never goes well. So. Nate, you have young children. Yes. Okay. When you, when you tell them to go to bed and they ask why, what do you tell them? I said, um, because, uh, sleep is good for your brain. It's good for memory. It's good. Uh, makes you more creative. You, it, you explain shit to your kids. I do. How old actually. are your kids? Uh, two, five, and seven. Okay, you honest to God, you, expl- you don't do that. Okay, do one second. Ethan, come here. Oh my God. Ethan. Now we're right bringing now. in, we're, 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 the second opinion that we're bringing in is a child. No wonder these kids are so screwed up these days. Old man. Get off my land, get off my lawn, guy says, because I told you so. Ethan, what do I say about sleep? Sleep is important for you. Why? Because it organizes the stuff in your brain. Like memories? Yes. <laughs> Told you. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, you know, most most real actual fathers, you know, real real fathers – when they tell their, when they look at their kids and they say, go to bed and the kids go, why? They say two things. Uh, number one, because I told you to, no fucking explanation. I'm your father. You, eh. or, uh, because I said so. All right. That would be one reason why Kevin Warren would not have a pro, what would not understand the need for transparency is because. He's one of those guys that looks at the world and says, when I say something, I don't really have to explain shit to you because I'm in charge. There's a lot of people that run their companies like that. There's a lot of people that manage like that. Whether you like them or not, uh, that's who they are. Apparently, you're not one of those people, and your kids are going to go through the entire rest of their lives thinking they're owed an explanation (laughs) on everything because you give them one at the age of two. He's seven, but um, no, my, you're my, my, still telling the two-year-old. No, no, I, she doesn't like me very much. I'll so, tell you what: uh, when my when my oldest son was five years old or seven years old, my wife came to me and she said, "Would you stop telling Noah that he has to leave home?" And I said, "Well, he does someday. He has to get the hell out of my house and go have his own life." And she's like, "He's seven, John. For God's sakes!" I'm like, "I'm preparing him ahead of time, little bastard. Get out of my house." You know, my my only disagreement would be I I don't think Kevin Warren has he he's not to me he's not the guy saying my it's my way or the highway I think it's the presidents who the majority of them in the Big Ten Big Ten schools I don't know how much they care about sports because they're they're they're, they're what they're looking at isn't 
what an athletic director is looking at. They're looking at all the students, teachers, research institutions. And as far as their budget goes, I don't know how much, depending on the university, what percentage is for athletic, you know, athletics. So they might not really care about that stuff. And so, I mean, the article that came out today in the sports illustrated, the Wolverine something digest Wolverine digest, I believe it was said that the president's, or they thought they were going to look like heroes after making this decision. And that kind of shows you that there's a huge disc disconnect between uh, what they believe and what obviously college football fans believe um, because they're obviously probably in different circles. And that's not to say that they made the wrong choice, but, and, and I, I think if they just come out and are just transparent and they communicate that a lot of it will go away. The the letter written by the parents says they want a reversal on the decision. I think then it goes on and says, or transparency on the decision, I think. I would have to look at it. But uh, uh, so I think that to me, that's that, that's what doesn't make sense to me is how they will not say anything. You know, is there an outcry for the bad the Pac-12, I don't think there has been. Obviously, they don't care about football as much. But they issued like a 12-page report. and So I, I, I don't know. It's I can, it, I can guarantee you that the Big Ten presidents and chancellors or whatever they are are heroes to their academics, Todd. I would agree. I would agree. And that's that's really who I would say the majority of the people who run universities want to be beholden to because there's a hell of a lot more money uh, on that side of the fence. I would say the University of Iowa doesn't care that much about athletics. Did we talk about this last week that they dropped four sports? No. Yeah. Yeah. They, they dropped uh, – what was it? They dropped uh, – uh, men's gymnastics, men's tennis, and men's and women's swimming and diving. Yeah. Yep. After this year, they, this is so incredibly short-sighted by these people. But on the other hand, they run their athletic department is run by Gary Barta, and I would not say, uh, although I don't know him personally, I don't think he's probably one of the brighter athletic directors in the country. Uh, he's had problems with uh, gender issues at Iowa. Now he's dealt with racism issues at Iowa. He's given Kirk Ferentz a perennial contract and a buyout that's like $84 billion or something like along those lines. Todd, do you know more about Iowa? You talked for a bit. I'm old and tired. Worst AD in the Big Ten, easy. Should have been fired a couple of times. And um, I, I don't see how he continues to, to hold on his job. And to be quite honest with you, the average Iowa fan is not at all a Gary Barta fan. I mean, he does not have the the support from the fan base. Uh, he must have it from, you know, the big donors and, you know, their their president would be my guess. Okay, uh, do, you, do you know enough about these four programs? Do they provide full scholarships or partial? They provide some full scholarships, but the majority of them are partial scholarships. So and... So they when you take a, an athlete that is a partial scholarship athlete, they are paying to go to school. 
Yes. So by cutting these programs, you're cutting the cost of the coaches' salaries, but you're also cutting the probably cutting the students that are going to pay tuition. See, that's where this whole cutting sports is being done bass backwards. If they truly are going to do it as a cost-saving measure, they should cut the sports where they reward the full scholarships for exactly the same reason that John mentioned here. And I'm not advocating cutting sports. But, you know, when you start cutting, you know, sports like swimming and swimming and diving, I mean, I don't know, there's probably 30 athletes on a swimming and diving team. And there are, you know, what, maybe the equivalent of 10 full scholarships, maybe. I don't know what those numbers are, but they're not great. So the vast majority of those kids are paying tuition. And at the University of Iowa, I can't tell you for sure this year their enrollment has more kids from Illinois than they do Iowa. But there are years when they do have more students from Illinois than they do Iowa, and they're paying out-of-state tuition. That doesn't make any sense for them to cut those sports. Which is why they're dumb. Dumb old Iowa. So is Gary Barta's is the um, the opinion yeah, of him is that uh, yes is that mainly attributable to uh, Kirk Ferentz's I guess or the football no. no it's other stuff it's it's he royally messed up on some issues probably five six seven years ago with some of the female sports. There was a period of time that the University of Iowa had a men's athletic director and a women's athletic director. Back in the day, well ahead of a lot of colleges and universities, University of Iowa had a women's athletic director by the name of Dr. Christine Grant. And she was an icon in you know, college athletics. She was the person that actually wrote the rules for Title IX as far as how they would be applied to athletic programs. Um, just an incredible lady. After she retired, then the university made a decision to consolidate it all together under one. Now, Gary Barta wasn't the first one that had that responsibility. But what Gary Barta got caught up in was some issues and allegations, some of them probably true, some of them false, that were made against some of the female coaches of female athletic teams there. And he just arbitrarily started dismissing, uh, firing some female coaches there before they even had due process. It was a mess. And um, there was a loss, you know, I mean, there were numerous lawsuits, but the University of Iowa, I know in one case with a field hockey coach, the University of Iowa ended up paying $6 million in a settlement. Um, so he, he bungled a lot of things. You know what his, his part of his punishment might be is that he is he's at this point still on the uh, college football playoff committee. And so uh, he uh, gets to be part of that discussion. And I, I'd be interested to see where that goes as far as, I mean, do you have a playoff with three conferences, you know, or the AAC? And uh, uh, I don't know. You do have a, money you know, in it. Yeah, oh yeah. If there's money in it, then they're gonna have it. Um I have I have a, a quick story about the college football playoff. Kind of. Okay. Um so I for whatever reason 
they were looking at uh, replacing or someone re- either resigned or their, ten- you know, anyway, they were going to replace somebody's spot on the college football playoff committee. So I sent in my resume and I sent in a cover letter and uh, all of a sudden one day at work, I get a phone call from Bill Hancock, um, the executive director of the college football playoff. And uh, so he, uh, yeah, so I got to talk to him. He said, it was the, uh, it made his day because on my resume, I have, I check water meters and in, in our town and I do all this stuff. And I talked to him for probably a good 20, 25 minutes. And he said, unfortunately, my role at coronation makes me a member of the media and we are not allowed to be on the college football playoff committee. And so, uh, you didn't resign immediately. What the no, hell? I didn't. I, I should have brought that up to him. Um, but I, I, you know, so that was, that was kind of cool. All of a sudden I literally, you know, look at my phone and it says called, or no, one of the ladies working out front says, so there's someone with the college football playoff committee on the phone for you. I'm like, really? So yeah, that, that so that got to him. So I got to talk to him for a little bit. That so. is hilarious. And a boy, Nate, you should have, you should have quit coronation though. If they were, if they were going to let me on the, you know, there's no way, obviously, but uh, like, yep, sorry guys, I'm leaving Coronation to be on the college football playoff committee. And everybody each year would wonder why does Nebraska, why does four and eight Nebraska keep ending up on on the uh, in the playoffs? Who is this? And of course, it's anonymous ballot. Nobody knows, but we would know, Nate, wouldn't we? I know. <laughs> Did you guys Is there talk anything about, else that happened this week? Yeah. Did you guys talk about the commit? Yes. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Oh, we're we're not going to bring it up again, Nate. You should have been here earlier. I know. Okay. You didn't really need to look at a van today. I uh, we looked at two. We're still picking between two. One's can, a little nicer. One's che- the other one's cheaper. So we're kind of going to sleep on it. Can Can you uh Can Can you talk? Let Let the former automotive sales consultant help you out. Oh geez. What 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 are we looking that, at? That's why you're asking, huh? No, uh, no, I'm I'm very curious now. So what do you want to know? I mean I'm I'm makes and models and years. Okay, uh we're looking we want a van, minivan, and we would like my wife drives to work to Mer- Omaha every day, and that's at least sixty, seventy miles mm-hmm. every day on her vehicle. Anyway, so we want to Lower mileage under twenty thousand dollars, and uh, so right now we're looking at a two thousand nineteen uh, Dodge um, Grand Caravan. Grand Caravan that's listed at sixteen thousand five eight hundred, with about fifty thousand miles, and then there's the Chrysler Pacifica, mm-hmm. which is has. Uh, sixty eight thousand miles, and that's actually a point. 20,500. And so, but is it uh, fully decked out? Does it have the yes, uh, second row video screens built into the yes, front seats? Does. Yeah, it's those are nice. those are very nice. Uh, <laughs> Nate, we, we don't really believe in the whole electronics for our kids thing, so that's but it's bigger, there's more room and the true gas mileage. And very so that's true. Kind of where we're at. So, um, you know, those I, I, those specific is uh coming to hybrid as well. 
if you're looking for fuel economy, just throw yeah, it out there. Yeah, it has better fuel. Yeah, the has better gas mileage than the uh, the Dodge. And uh, do, do you find yourself constantly explaining to your children why you're not for the electronic devices for them? Yeah, you, you want me to bring my son over because here? Because I said so. Do you want me to bring my son over here real quick? Shouldn't he be in bed? One second. Sleep is good for his brain. <laughs> Come here. It helps compartmentalize all the no, memories no, of you, the day. You might love this. <laughs> Ethan, Ethan, really quick. Come here. Come here. Come on. <laughs> John, you're going to be so happy about this. Okay. Come here. Okay, so well, what do we say about tablets? Speak into the microphone. Why don't I like? Why do I let you have a tablet on the bus? Because I'll get addicted to it. That's and actually is that true. Is that good for your brain? No. There we go. Thank you. That's actually true. My son uh, came across. No. My... <laughs> he, he All right. Came across my. Uh, Did you just my... tell me to fuck off? <laughs> no. Uh, my son came across my iPad Mini one day, and uh, now he thinks it's his iPad Mini. Mm-hmm. It's not. I have to remind him of it all the yeah. time. So, good job, Nate. Nate, it just goes to show that you're a better parent than I am. Uh, I doubt that. Okay. My wife is. Not better than your wife, but she is better than you. Promise I think that. this podcast has established that, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> anything else are we done i think we'll be done i you know we got you we have todd on record saying i am not a wise man which we can snip out and i can send to his wife and she can put it in ringtone but he can hear for the rest of his fucking natural life so yeah it's been a good show yodi yodi Okay, so uh, we want to thank uh, Nate and Todd for jumping in here uh, in the making making the show better. And uh, as always, John Johnston, who keeps us all on track, and me, who always tries to derail that track. Uh, and I was really good in the first half of the show, but you get four guys on; it's a little more difficult for me to derail things. Am I right, John? I, I had you uh, going all over the place, didn't I? Not? Yes, you did. It was a great time. Uh, so. <laughs> For Nate and Todd and John, myself, Greg Mahochko, this is the Five Heart Podcast, where we remind you this week and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. John? Live from my dorm room in Jaska, Minnesota. Go Big Red!